Hey, ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden. Either way, I am still your host, and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of Ookie Spooky Scary Stories. Thank you so much for tuning back in. I know this is your first time. Welcome. Thank you for being here. We see you. We support you. And so do the demons that are in the room with you. So again, thank you for being here. Not many updates on the show. I think the only thing is I've honestly been super active on TikTok. I've been having so much fun on there. So make sure that you follow not only on there, but on all the socials. That's Susto Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok is seeing those videos first, then I'm putting them up on everything else later. So make sure to follow along for the the latest and greatest. You know, it's a lot of fun, kind of like bonus content that is not always specifically related to a story. Sometimes it's just fun to be spooky, you know? This past weekend, we did the Asusta movie night. We watched Nope, and that was so much fun. Thank you to everybody who tuned in for that, who joined in. Again, that's a Patreon exclusive for Best School Friends. So thanks so much for being there. It was a lot of fun. I had seen the movie before, and I thought it was great. And obviously, if the wheel chooses it, then that's what we're watching. So it was definitely one that I did not mind watching again. This episode, as you probably have already seen from the title, is another book review. We are going to be reviewing The Haunting of Alejandra. This is actually a book that hasn't been published yet. It's coming out in April. I was able to get my claws on an advanced copy. I made a short TikTok about it, just a kind of like a preview book review. And I will say, I've done one book review on the show before, and I feel like this one will be better in a in a sense that it's going to be more structured. <laughs> I did the homework. I said, how do I actually do a book review? And I found an outline that I'm going to be following. So... I hope that you all enjoy it and I hope that you will consider purchasing this book because I enjoyed it and I think that you may as well. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode, which is the book review of The Haunting of Alejandra by V. Castro. So once again, this book is by the author V. Castro, and it's being published on April 18th by Del Rey, which is an imprint of Random House Publishing Group. I'm going to read a bit about V. Castro from her website, and it says, V. Castro is a two-time Bram Stoker award-nominated writer born in San Antonio, Texas, to Mexican-American parents. She's been writing horror stories since she was a child, always fascinated by Mexican folklore and the urban legends of Texas. V. sounds like our people, right? Castro now lives in the United Kingdom with her family, writing and traveling with her children. She has also written Aliens Vasquez, Out of Aztlan, Mestiza Blood, The Queen of the Cicadas, Goddess of Filth, Las Posadas, Hairspray, and Switchblades. And you can find all of these titles and more about V. Castro on her website, vcastrostories.com. So let's jump into the book, right? Again, the book is titled The Haunting of Alejandra, and the synopsis or the summary on the book says Alejandra no longer knows who she is. To her husband, she is a wife, and to her children, a mother. To her own adoptive mother, she is a daughter. But they cannot see who Alejandra has become, a woman struggling with a darkness that threatens to consume her. Nor can they see what Alejandra sees. In times of despair, a ghostly vision appears to her, the apparition of a crying woman in a ragged white gown. When Alejandra visits a therapist, she begins exploring her family's history, starting with a biological mother she never knew. As she goes deeper into the lives of the women in her family, she learns that heartbreak and tragedy are not the only things she has in common with her ancestors, because the crying woman was with them too. 
She is La Llorona, the vengeful and murderous mother of Mexican legend, and she will not leave until Alejandra follows her mother, her grandmother, and all the women who came before her into the darkness. But Alejandra has inherited more than just pain. She has inherited the strength and the courage of her foremothers, and she will have to summon everything they have given her to banish La Llorona forever. That alone, when I found this and I had the option to put in a request to review this, I read that and I was like, I am in. La Llorona, it is the most you know, classic, iconic, the most retold story from this genre of horror, right? And from our community, I'll speak for myself, from my community, this is one of the first horror stories I remember hearing growing up. And it was, I I feel like that Lady Gaga video where she's like, iconic, original, never been done before, one of a kind, remix it, chop it up, eat it, throw (laughs) all of that. So we know now that this is kind of like a retelling of La Llorona. And following the outline that I have here, we'll go over the themes and the plot. And so the over view of the main themes and the plot of this book is that this is a story of La Llorona reimagined. Again, these are all my own opinions. This is my interpretation of the book. I can only hope that I'm interpreting the way that it was intended to be read. Take my review (laughs) with a grain of salt or however you choose to. But again, I think the story is, it's a story of La Llorona reimagined. And I think that this story asks, what if the iconic archetype that is La Llorona wasn't sure about wanting children at all? or to be married, or to be in love? What if it wasn't so much a choice for her? And in this book, there is an entity that attaches itself to a bloodline under the guise of this child-stealing spirit that's haunted generations. Alejandra, our protagonist, fights to break the curse and save herself and her family. Some of the reoccurring themes, or the themes that stuck out to me, were themes of self-value, themes of motherhood and marriage, which are not mutually exclusive, and also this theme of like cis hetero pressures and standards. I think that this book did a really nice job of nodding to that, how that is also the expectation for a lot of people. But more than anything, I think the overarching and the strongest theme is the theme of growth. There's constant references to who our main character and protagonist Alejandra, who she used to be, and how she's still growing. And we also see it through the way that this story is told. It's told through generations of women in this family. I notice that there is a growth with each generation. It seems like each person that was featured in this story did their own work in some type of way to break whichever generational curse. In this book, though, there's there's quite literally a curse that's following this family way back to like indigenous times. So I'm going to go through a list of some of the main characters. I'm going to do this in chronological order or as they are brought up in the book. So the first character that we're introduced to is Atsi. And Atsi is the origin story character. She's an indigenous woman suffering at the hands of settlers. She makes a deal out of desperation and revenge with a demon or entity that starts the curse on her bloodline. And so this is the very beginning of the book. And it's right off the bat, It this parts of this book get pretty graphic. Vicasro does an amazing job of giving us those like gnarly details that when we read them, we just feel uncomfortable. And I think it's so powerful when the written word is able to do that, because I personally, I'm so conditioned to consume media like visually. And so when someone is able to provide you the words to paint those pictures in your head, it's it's so awesome. So Alejandra, our main character, she is a wife and mother yearning to be more than those two identities, which 
I don't think this book ever poo-poos on that because I think an important part of autonomy is is learning that it is that's what it is it's autonomy so this book isn't like oh she she didn't want to be just a mother just a wife you know i think it's okay to want those things for yourself sometimes there is media that kind of does that it's like a backhanded kind of thing i didn't really get that from reading this book so i was appreciative of that someone who was reading this could be taken into this story without feeling like, well, what is this saying about the choices that I've made for myself or that other people have made for themselves? So I really appreciated that. I continued here and I said, maybe to be neither of them, uh, but she is haunted by a generational curse slash demon taking the form of a classic tale. And I think that was the most interesting part was how the character of La Llorona came to be in this universe, in this book. I won't give any details about that away, but I'm I'm saying like the demon known as La Llorona or the demon disguised as La Llorona, it's, it was a, such an interesting way that Vicastro made this happen. So to continue, we have Matthew, who is Alejandra's husband, and <laughs> all I have written here is uh, garbage, arrogant, controlling, and insecure. He diminishes her light in effort to keep his thumb on her, and he wants a quote-unquote picture-perfect traditional life. And again, this is where that conversation continues. Is It's okay to want those things, but you need to respect that that is someone's choice. And you need to respect that if someone wants that, that's for them. If they don't want it, then it's not for them. And this character was honestly, the entire time I was reading the book, I just kept saying out loud, girl, dump him, please. If Alejandra was my friend and I was in this book, that would have been my first line. Leave him. When are you leaving him? This continues, Kathy, Alejandra's biological mother. She seems to have escaped the curse. At the point that I made that note, I was about 70% into the book, so I wasn't too sure yet. But I wrote that she seems to have escaped the curse. She made the best decisions for herself despite being of a time that was frowned upon. That making those decisions for yourself was frowned upon. She feels nice and supportive upon re-entry into Ala's life. And so again, this is Alejandra's biological mother who she makes contact with uh, or she reconnects with after becoming an adult and like starting her life. And then we have Frances, which is Kathy's mother or Alejandra's grandmother. She's also faced with what Alejandra is facing. For her though, it doesn't seem to go as well as Kathy. For a while, I was wondering if like, how does this curse work? Is it just like it skips a generation? Is that maybe a, what's it, like an analogy for for maybe mental health, because there's, I, I don't know how scientific this is, but I've heard before how people will say like, oh, you know, it skips a generation. And so I was like, maybe this is like kind of parallel to that idea, but I don't think it is. I think it was, it, it's more about opportunity for the, for the, the, the entity or the demon, as is the case in real life from what we hear, what we see is, you know, their demons are very opportunistic creatures and they're going to take advantage of people who are in a weakened state, not weak people, people who are in a weakened state and people who are experiencing some sort of despair. Because again, that's how it happens when we hear stories from quote unquote real life. Next, we have Melanie, who is Alejandra's therapist and curandera. I stand Melanie. I love her. I wrote it here. I said, we love her. She knows what she's talking about. She's helping Alejandra through her earthbound and the otherworldly troubles that she's facing. I wrote slay, literally, maybe. Like, maybe literally slay. If And you will see what I'm talking about <laughs> when you read this book. The last character that I have here that I thought was a really interesting point to the book 
was Flor, and Flor is another ancestor of Alejandra. Flor's story is that she fought beside Emiliano Zapata. She was a woman in a similar situation as Alejandra, honestly as any of these women, because misogyny, right? I wrote that she was obviously in a more oppressive time, and she left her family to fight in the revolution, and that's all that I will write about her character without giving too much away. But her story was probably one of my favorite parts of the book. So moving on from the characters, I kind of just made a note about how I saw Alejandra make great strides with the help of Melanie, and I thought that this was a show of how important holistic care is. I think that's something that I've talked about on the show is, or with other people, I want to say I definitely mentioned it when I was on Wiki Error, and I was sharing about my story with my HIV diagnosis, and how before we actually went to the hospital, before we knew how serious it was, we did go to Curandera. My mom and I went, and we were seeking help in that sense. I think it is okay, and I personally encourage for people to embrace or use both traditional medicine and modern medicine. I think it's okay to do that. And I think we should be doing that because modern medicine isn't bad. There are some scary parts of it, of course, I will not deny that, but it's not bad. And I think people should, I'm, I'm a big proponent, I guess, of therapy and people being in therapy. Even when I was in therapy, and I, I would love to go back because I think it's for everyone, no matter what you may or may not be facing in life. I still was doing my practice. It's not something that I ever put down because or in exchange for something else, if that makes sense. So in regard to the style and of the book and the writing, I thought it was very interesting how the story, obviously, it happens mostly in chronological order. But as characters are introduced to us, mainly Alejandra's ancestors, we see those time jumps. But it's not really a time jump that is, I don't want to say important to the plot because it, it all matters. It all pertains to the plot. I think that these jumps provided context for the characters as they were introduced. And so for me, it felt easier to understand these characters, to understand these people, because I was getting the context as they were introduced, and not all at once at maybe the beginning of the book or in the middle. And so I thought that was really fun versus just one continuous story. And on top of the way the the story itself is structured, I think that there was a really great use of visual cues, of just description. Like I said earlier, there was parts where I just felt uncomfortable from reading it. And I love when a book does that for me. I think I mentioned that in the Grady Hendrix review as well, because that's my favorite part when an author is able to really, really paint a strong picture enough that it makes me physically feel kind of grossed out to a point. I mean, I guess I'm trying to say that like it scares me a bit, right? But more than anything, it's just that discomfort. Overall, I thought this was a great read. I highly recommend it. Again, it's coming out on April 18th. The book is also available for pre-order on Vicastro's website. So if you want to go and secure your copy, again, you can go to vicastrostories.com. At the top of the site, there's a books tab. Click there. You'll scroll down and you'll see The Haunting of Alejandra. I also want to talk about the cover because the cover, I think, is gorgeous. You can pre-order it. There's a link to pre-order it from the publishing company. So I would say do that. What I'm seeing here on the website, on Penguin Random House's website, it says also available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, IndieBound, Hudson Booksellers, Bookshop.org, Powell's, Target, and Walmart. Or again, you can order the hardcover pre-order directly from Penguin Random House. Super important themes. I thought it was a really creative, really unique retelling of La Llorona, which again, as I said before, it's a story that's constantly told over and over and over again. And this was such 
a fresh take on it. It was so new. And thank you, Vikasaro. I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but thank you for writing the book. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I think it's an important piece of work, and I think other people should read it. I would recommend this book to the women and the mothers in my life. I felt like it was a really honest expression of how cruel motherhood and married life can be, uh, specifically if you're, you know, with a shitty person. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest at, th- at that point about Matthew in this book, who I hate. And that's how you know that she's an amazing writer because she made me hate this person. But yeah, I, I would definitely recommend this book to everyone. But again, especially to people who maybe even just experienced, you know, like a hard, traumatic relationship anyone who's working on or has broken a generational curse because they're very real they're not just demons generational curses manifest in different ways and it's hard to be the person that wants to break that curse and to make better for your future whether that involves a family children a partner or it's for yourself only it's it's hard no matter what and this was a really i think beautiful story about the bravery of alejandra and what she had to go through to save herself and her family Once more, thank you all so much for tuning in to this book review. I feel, again, like this outline really helped me out (laughs) and it kept me structured in a way where I felt maybe a little frazzled in the last book review. So again, if you have any suggestions, whether it's about the structure of the book review, how it's being done, or if you have any suggestions for books for me to read, please send them my way. I would love to hear them. I'm not always going to do books that have not been published. I have some other ones that I do want to do a review on that also have not been published. But again, I want to make sure that once you'll hear an episode, if you want to, you're able to just get your book immediately. So like I said, I will be taking suggestions for the next review. And if you have your own scary story that you would like to send to me to share on the show or on the socials, you can do so by emailing me to sustopodcast at gmail.com. You can leave it in a five-star review, or you can DM it to me on socials. That's at sustopodcast on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And as always, thank you so much to the patrons. If Patreon is something you are interested in, you can visit patreon.com slash sustopodcast. Check out the tiers and the benefits there and see if any of those work for you. But again, to the current patrons, this show is made possible by you. Thank you so much. It means the underworld to me. And you are Liza, Sadie, Rachel, Alejandra, Luther, April, Mario, Eva, D, Victoria, Josette, Sam, Angela and Co, Mandy, Julianne, Karen, Lori, Jeannie, Monica, Desiree, Anna, Denise, Brenda, Jenny, Ashes, Nerissa, Amanda and Anastasia, Rachel, William, Asukena, and Javier. Thank you all once more. I will see you all in the next one and until then make sure to return your library books on time bye